ladies and gentlemen, you may have just been with me on the uh, unaffiliated distraction channel <laughs> over under the Fightful banner. We were talking about Twitter. I was burying the, the social medias. We will now be watching Dark Elevation, joined by the, the great Oracle of Wrestling. Oracle, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, unfortunately, I'd, I'd, I'd like to start to show off with some sad news. Of course, uh, yes. the great Jimmy Rave, uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away late late last night, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. um, obviously, his last few years were not, were not kind to him. Um, okay. Addiction is not uh, a thing to take lightly, and that was obviously something that he suffered with for a very long time and and it you know it's it it really sucks it's it's affected you know people close to me my brother and he were 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 you know friends so you know my brother's had a tough time with it um but uh i had the opportunity to see the very well talked about uh AJ Styles Jimmy Rave match mm. in uh, North Alabama in 2015. Right. Um, I got to see that live, and uh, it was an outstanding match. And you know, Jimmy's career was revived, and and he had an absolutely stellar mid 2010s. <laughs> oh, and now <laughs> as I go to this very you know yeah. talk, uh, my. It was crazy uh, and typical hilarity fashion. Um, let me let me mute my YouTube real quick. Dude, that thing they play um, is so loud, bro. It's so loud. There's oh, no reason I know, I know that that thing that that thing is loud regardless. Like yes, it is. Yes. Um, but uh, um, in all seriousness, yeah that that uh, that match was great. It was awesome to be there live for that. You know. Uh, Jimmy was the first uh, Scenic City Invitational winner, uh, which of course is a uh, pretty pretty important tournament uh, for me personally. Um, and uh, like I said, his his mid twenty tens run was outstanding. Of course, we could talk for hours about his career and, and Ring of Honor, and and I always was a fan of his work. Um, just I mean, he was always just you know so good and, and and so talented and he was different than the other ring of honor guys you know at the time sure. uh great few with punk great few with aj um just 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 a really special talent and from just all the tweets today um he was obviously a very good trainer coach too um just just had you know uh, uh had a ton of influence on on the industry um and he's just you know Will be missed. Um, his his passing is is, you know, to be frank, terribly sad. Um, yeah. But uh, I truly believe he really is one of the all time greats in in independent wrestling history. Um, and he was yeah. he he did a lot for Southern wrestling, uh, particularly in the last ten years for sure. Right. The AJ match was a big one in that regard, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. I, I said about you know I talked about briefly on the on the channel the stream I just did like maybe the purest villain in that Ring of Honor Golden Era right and uh, he was different as you said man he was a I, I don't want to use the term because I know everyone kind of rolls their eyes at it, but no, he was a heel he was a real heel in that time mm-hmm. there wasn't many of them and that's he what was. I remember him most fondly for but he had a he had a lot of great shit through the years so absolutely 
So I, I had to X out of my of my YouTube thing and and because I wanted to pull up another. So if I'm so if I'm not with you, you're gonna it's have fun. to because it's I'm, live. I promise can, I'll get there in a minute. Yeah, so. you can hop in and out accordingly. We got Thunder Rosa up first, one of the great squash match wrestlers of a, of the generation. I mean, it's fair to say that's point she has they, every week. <laughs> they 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 use her to open up a lot, don't they? Yes, that, yeah. she's she, she's oftentimes opening these t-shirts, which is a good choice. Um, obviously. Yeah, uh, I was fascinated about beating the shit out of somebody. So She's I kind of like, want to try to quickly get to the. Of all of the top acts in professional wrestling, I'm not sure if anyone changes their gear as much as Thunder Rosa, who appears to get like a new, <laughs> a new gear person every week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, always looks cool though. I mean, to, what's the phrase that Hawkins and Ryder always twig? You know, they're going to make a lot of Thunder Rosa toys, man. They're going to they're going to make some money on them. So. <laughs> Yeah, she's a star. Oh, shit. Man, I, I, I... It's worth saying that if anyone is a patron and chose to watch the show with Eddie Kingston on commentary instead, we understand. We, uh, yes. Yeah. Is what it is. I kind of want to put that on, but I'm afraid that my thing will, will, will blare because Eddie's awfully yet loud when he shouts. Yes, he is, yes. And he shouts a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm... Eric, I'm going to tell you this now while we're on the air. I am. Mm-hmm. I have a kind of perverse temptation to watch Monday Night Raw tonight, so I'm going to let it play out on that front. Um, mm. Have they announced anything for that show? I don't know. Um, here's the thing. It's weird. Mania season's coming up, so I'm going to be like yeah. watching it because that's just how I am. I think you're probably similar to that. Yep. So, like, I'm going to be – it's like – it's weird. They've got this deal now where they're building up they're building to pay-per-views again now. Because, see, I remember when I was in junior high and they had uh, the New Year's Revolution shows. And so, like, yeah. the holidays always had pay-per-view build. And then for years now, uh, they've had uh, um, just, like, goofy holiday shit where Mark Henry says Christmas and Alberto Del Rio, <laughs> like, runs over Santa Claus and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that wasn't quite as intensive a squash as, as we usually. Well, no. then you know I say that, then I see that drop kick, but yeah, um, it, it still wasn't quite as violent as you get. Maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, that 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 lady didn't give Thunder uh, any reason to beat the shit out of her. Fair, congratulations <laughs> to her in that case. Um, <laughs> I noticed right. the other day when I was looking at the pay per view schedule. They've definitely changed their model some since getting the Peacock deal. Do you remember for a while it felt like they would put like anything they could possibly excuse to be on the network? They'd be like, let's do a special, you know? Yeah. That's changed now, man. They didn't have a pay-per-view in all of December. Now, I get because they got day one. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But a few years ago, they'd have just done both. They'd have done day one oh. and TLC in December. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, the one trend that I do like that they're starting to go through with and – First of all, I'm probably going to SummerSlam next year. It's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I live two and a half hours away. I'd almost be stupid not to go. And yeah. I've never been to SummerSlam. It's the only big four I've never Is been. Is it a stadium? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so wow. it's 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 at the Tennessee Titan Stadium. Yeah. So I'm I'm probably going. And I think Bob said he's going too. So I I, I might get to meet Bob O'Neill in person in the flesh. Oh God. <clears throat> weekend weekend with Bob. That's that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible vlog series that would be for this platform. <laughs> Here they are shooting an angle. 
That's probably I always like I like when we get an angle on the sea shows. I always yes. do. There's not I might lot. I might turn the volume up a little bit. You good? Go. Is it is it is it can you hear it on mine or no? Very low. Very, very low. Okay, I'm gonna turn I mean for me bit. anyway, if the chat if the chat disagrees, we'll obviously have to adjust, but for me it's very low. Um Okay, so I got I got it lower. You may not be able to hear it at all, but Yeah, I can't. I can't really hear anything. Again, chat if you can tell us, but I can't hear anything. Um, where are you yeah. at on old smart Mark Sterling? Because he seems to be very divisive. He's fine. You know, I, I don't hate him like some do. Um, right. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and and talk about – I think I've mentioned this before. And because, you know, we've we've – you know – We've been pretty critical of Jade, and, and she made some strong points uh, mm-hmm. on on Twitter the other day. And unfortunately, people ran her off because they're assholes. Um, yeah. But I feel like reps is a big thing. And when you don't do live events and you don't do house shows on a consistent basis, I think that's probably hurt her a little bit. Um, I think the C shows are helping. Um, but... I think, and not just Jade, there are others, you know. Um, yes. That that would, you know, you know, get get some help uh, working, uh, you know, working working the house show loop and stuff. Like somebody like, um, oh gosh, what was his name? Uh, of course, I don't really know if they're even going to use him anymore. He's been hadn't been there in six months. But say 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 somebody like a. Uh, Anthony Agogo or right. um, any, oh, any I think there's some that, uh, uh, Sky Blue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I think she 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 might work the Andy's some, does she? Or, or not? yes, she's still working. I think. Okay. But I oh, there's even okay. one that I'll give one that we both like because that you know it's fair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I think I think objectively, Powerhouse Hobbs, his progression would be quicker if he was working sure. house show loops. Yeah, you know, same. I, it's kind of a flaw of the model, I think. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal, but I think it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's that. Think that's part of the reason why some of these, you know, some of these newer, te- you know, some of these, you know, brand new talents yeah. aren't progressing. And I think over time, the same is going to be said for Hook. I mean, look, Hook, Hook looked great in his debut. We we all right. praised him. He's going to have a stinker or two, or maybe a bad or or disappointed performance or two. And and when you and like you know, and like you said, it's not the end of the world or anything. But I do think part of the problem is, you know, that lack of reps. Yeah, it's what the- that means is is the time for improvement is extended a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, you it's know, the it- perfect model for guys like Omega and the Bucks, and, and that's not me saying it in like a political sense. Like, mm-hmm. what I mean by that is guys that have basically completed their evolution as a performer. They're a little bit banged up, and then they, every match they have matters, right? You know, you don't mm-hmm. want Kenny Omega working house show loops. Like, dude was beat up enough doing TV. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, no reason. Right, but objectively, I do think there is truth to some of these dudes would benefit from it. Like, Powerhouse Hobbs this year, legit, and this could be me overstating it, he legitimately has probably had about eight matches that were not a squash match. Mm-hmm. And it's like Hobbs is not a, he's not a greenhorn like he's been around for a while, but he would definitely be a better worker if he worked Eddie Kingston twice every weekend. <laughs> oh, for sure. 
for right. sure. You know, um, that's 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 certain. There's there's you know mm -hmm. there's there's no question. Yeah, a friend they're, they're, uh, they're I see they're giving us a really short episode this week. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, she it's fine. Gives us more tolerance for all non missing. Um, shoe is live texting us here. Uh, he says, "My God, the jobber team has matching gear. Um, very, very much of the confirmed shoots. We're looking at what the women are wearing." Um, it also appears that one of the commentators said, "The very capable red velvet," which does feel like an insult in some form or fashion. Um, he is right though; it is matching gear. So there you go. I like red velvet, man. I really do. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a nice like fiery it. baby face. It's very you know, manic, you know? Yep. and and that always goes a long way. If you have charisma, same thing. You know, same thing with these people who might be a little bit rusty or who are, who are rookies. I mean, Hook, mm -hmm. uh, Jade, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, the same people we've been talking about. Charisma, charisma yeah. will take you a long way. You Absolutely. Know. Um, a little bit of an edit there, it looked like in the uh, – something must have been all oh, good. This is a – well, it's an interesting match we have here, folks, on Elevation. <laughs> did you, did you, you messaged me about Final Battle, right? You didn't watch it, right? I did not. Um uh, how funny was Bob's response to you, man? I didn't watch it, but it seemed good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> a rave review from the That's great Bob O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a really good show, man. Really good. Like not good. Not good in kind of like like there were good matches, but it was more the vibe of the show was good, you know, like with the videos and just mm. it, it felt I don't know. Like a decent enough send-off. Yeah. Yeah, to the point where okay. I'm kind of, I kind of, it's really hard to say because like you don't want people to lose their jobs, right? But like, there is a big right. part of me that's kind of, I'm happy, I'm content, and I feel, I feel like I said goodbye. You know, that sounds dumb, right. but it's kind right. of where I'm at. Like, I don't really know what it will look like if it comes back, and I don't really, I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty yeah. cool with Gresh just kind of closing that page, and that would be the end for now. He's so good. Yeah, I really think he's. I'll be honest, with you man. I think other than Danielson, I could argue he's better than just about anyone. Um, his brain and just the way he thinks about fresh wrestling is so different mm -hmm. that he gets extra points because he doesn't feel he doesn't feel um, as cookie cutter as so many guys do now. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Like he feels like his own wrestler, and that's. I mean, that's, that's the one unique. thing I'll say about modern wrestling is it's hard to stand out because. And I think we've actually brought this up before on somewhere on, on the platform, uh, probably myself, where there's so much, and I kind of brought up in the, in the, in the conversation of tape trading and how a lot of the wrestlers now are, are grew up fans and we're in that hardcore culture mm -hmm. and traded tapes and, you know, and then people learn all these styles and, right. and everything's just kind of like a, a melting pot of styles. Yes. You know? Yeah, and everyone fancies yeah. themselves a good match guy too. So they all have right. like the they all have like the template for what today's good mm -hmm. match. And everybody, is. you know, everybody does it, and like, there's no like, it's harder for somebody to differentiate themselves yes. now. Yeah, I mean, even you know, you got get you know, you got big guys out there doing topes and stuff like, all and of whatever, them do, yeah. man. All of them do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, and look, <clears throat> when. Oops. When you know when Brody Lee, Luke Harper was doing them eight years ago, not you know seven eight years ago, it was it was a little bit unique because at the time that wasn't 
it was common on the indies, but I wasn't watching the indies at the time. So when he was doing it on WWE TV, it, you know, it stood out. And yeah. then, you know, people like Dijak and, and Keith Lee and, and others were doing it. And then it'd be kind of, it, you know, it kind of became like, dang, all these six foot five guys, 250 or more are out there doing this shit. And I think it's not big even that difference. it's bad. It's just, it's just, it's, it's not a way to, and I'm not trying to pick on the bigger guys. I'm just kind of singling out one example right. of how they all just sort of work. Everybody just sort of works the same. See, here's the thing. Um, and I don't want to dunk on poor Dijek, but he's the perfect example of this. The way that those spots are represented is still the most important thing. And when Brody Lee would do them, they had this sense of like, like he, he still felt like a wild. He would always time it well in his matches right. too, right? Yeah. Because lest we forget, I mean, you know, he didn't do it often, but in big time matches, Stan Hansen would bust out the old, you know, the dive for the bottom rope. Remember he would mm-hmm. do that deal? And it's like, if it feels wild and in the character, I have no problem with it. I think the issue for guys like Dijak, this is just me personally, people like Dijak, I'm never going to be a fan, but he, to me, he never does the other part of the equation. He never feels like a, you know, like a big bruising bit. He just is a tall guy that does those moves, you know? Mm-hmm. It's worth noting the gun club here in the chat is very excited about dunking on me. Um, it's, like when, also, it's like when Jerry Blackwell would do, have you seen, have you seen much Jerry Blackwell? Not much, no. Listen, not enough listen, to pull him listen. up like that. That was incredible. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm not kidding you, Joe, when I say this. Okay. Jerry Blackwell is one of the most unheralded workers in the history of pro wrestling. Great, great, great work. Okay, I'll, I'll have to do some digging on this. Um, the AWA set opened a lot of eyes to him, and he was an outstanding wrestler. So that, a series um, coming soon, folks. The best of Blackwell coming here live on the uh, late night grin. I mean, I, it sounds slightly absurd at first, but that guy was remarkable. Um, okay. In fact, he had an outstanding match with Stan Hansen in 86. 86 AWA is one of the all-time great years. I may have seen that because I've watched a lot of the Hanson AWA stuff. I don't remember it, so I feel like I'm – I don't know. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll well, seek Stan that has out. A, Stan has a couple really good matches with Sarge. He has yes. the Hennig match, which is really Hennig good. He has, the Larry's, he has the um, Nick Bockwinkle match from 86, mm-hmm. the Jerry Blackwell match from 86. Um, the Martell matches from 85 are clipped. I don't think there's. I don't think those are in full. Martell was great. Yes, absolutely. Um, Especially in AWA and, and Portland. This quickly, Ant's question is a fair one about Gresham, about well, how he fits on a TV product. My my fantasy booking for Gresham, and it isn't really, it wouldn't work in AEW. I'm so intrigued by the idea of like doing the weight class deal and having him represented as the pound for pound best and he refuses to fight the heavyweights. <laughs> I think he would be fucking incredible as that, you know? Like like wrestling's take on Mayweather. <laughs> you know, he's the pound and for then, pound and best. And then when they finally did like a finally did an angle with a heavyweight it would, it would feel like a big deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like and like you know, you would have to wait obviously a while, but like you could do a year long story and he finally wrestles a heavyweight or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that, why that's, that's, that's how I would do it because you because right. you because you know the draw eventually would be him wrestling a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. You do um, like you know the the unification and you kind of mm-hmm. now the thing is it's difficult because how many actual heavyweights are in wrestling now? You'd have to have the right roster for it. Well, there's one uh, right there, the one Billy Gunn. Oh yeah, he's certainly a heavyweight. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a big he's, man. He's so big. 
It's outrageous. And there's stories of him as an athlete to like his sprint. Bruce Pritchard talks about his, him being this incredible sprinter. Dude's a freak, man. I don't, I'll be honest, you probably know much about I don't know how good he actually is as a professional wrestler historically. Bob keeps I don't saying mind he's Billy. A, you know, he's fine. Um, see, this is, that's my take. He's fine. Bob keeps saying he's like a top three tag guy. And I kind of get, I get scared by that talk, you know? Here, here's the thing. The Smoking Guns were an okay tag team. Um, they like I I used to think they were terrible when I was a kid, but then like if you watch some of their stuff, it's not bad, right? Like it's, fine. it's, yeah. it's you know some of it's just most of it's just kind of like middle Dude, of the road, whatever. That but. finish was fucking incredible. They just stood on the apron and watched their guy get pinned. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the New Age Outlaws. I don't think the Outlaws are all that great in terms. No. I mean, their match qualities. Part of that wasn't their fault, really. It was the time and stuff like that. But, you know, you know. Like, but I mean, like they also wrestled in the same period. Well, they did because Billy got hurt, and once they finally started having good, because you know the Radicals was really the the, the shift and then ring. Yes. Uh, when the Radicals came in, that's when it changed. Um, that's like a thing that people said, and that's actually kind of true, because before the Radicals came in, WWF had lost that in ring mm-hmm. TV stuff because. Brett went to WCW. Sean, right. and like you and I aren't the biggest Sean fans by any means. But oh, he had plenty he, yeah, of TV fan, matches yeah. where they gave him time. And also you Russo's, he's in the same with expand. Austin. You know, right. Austin's yeah. neck. He was having great TV matches in '96, '97. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he broke his neck, and and of course, you know, um, so all those TV wrestlers, all those guys who kind of didn't have great TV matches, weren't there. Right. Uh, so when the Radicals came in. WWE's ring quality like skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the you know the outlaws. Um, for some reason, I always I, when I was a kid, I popped for Showguns, and they were a tag team for like two months. <laughs> Gotta remember, I was eight years old. So, you <laughs> That's know. fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's worth saying. Chat's showing some love to Emmy. She's been so good on these C shows, man. Like I know you're not oh, watching them consistently recently, but she's just so good in these trios matches they've been doing. Her and Riomis and Army have both been absolutely tremendous on these shows, and they've yet to be used on TV. It's, it's kind of weird to be quite honest. It is like, odd. They haven't booked them once on TV in this last run, so. Hopefully that changes. I just think they're both great. Um, Man. But yeah, I, to me, Billy Gunn feels like a case of a guy that just was in a lot of tag teams rather than has a lot of great tag team matches. To me, personally. I don't know. That, one, that song that he came out to, I give it all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he was paired up with China? And he had that... <laughs> I give it all I need. So I would like you to know that the confirmed shoot wanted me to ask you to sing the Red Velvet theme. And I, I said, I said, absolutely not. We were deep in a conversation about something else, but I'm glad we got a song anyway. Um, I'm going to inform him of this so he can, he can seek it out, hopefully. Did you see him on the, on Saturday night, how fired up he was when Eddie Kingston came out of that? That uh, House of Glory show that he was watching, he was texting yeah. me. You've been owned. Yeah, he was very excited. He was very excited. Yeah, piece of shit. He's he, honestly, <laughs> when it was happening, I had the FTR angle, so I didn't even. I wasn't even feeling bad about it. You know that FTR angle, right. was so good, man. Oh my god. 
I can't wait for that match, man. I really can't. I, what FTR and uh, Briscoes, yeah. Briscoe, uh, yeah. And like again, I've where's, said, where's that going to be? All right, shoot. I don't know what the Twitter conversation been, but shoot texted me that he he's seen people discussing like AEW keeping the tag belts alive for a bit, and I think that is awesome. How great would that be, man? You just use them as like other tag titles because it looks like. So in the main event, Ian kept saying, "Will Lethal take the belt to AEW or Gresham take it to Terminus and New Japan Strong?" Uh. The not the women's title they shot an angle with Diana. So there's a chance that they let all of the belts kind of live in like the different promotions, you know, like right. you do, you know, the tags in AEW, the world goes to New Japan strong, the woman's goes and lives on impact for a bit. And then if it comes back, it comes back. I mean, that's money, right? Like the Briscoes shooting an angle that allows Sting and Derby to win in North Carolina. Sounds like that kind of sounds like a home run to me, to be honest. So that's where yeah, I'm at. Personally. I mean, it's, it's man. I'm super excited for this year coming up, man. Like, yeah. And I hate to bring them up while we're watching the C show, but I wish I were optimistic about both companies. But yeah, and no, I agree. I really do. I don't know what they're going to do for Mania. I don't think their options look all that good to me personally. No, um, I actually I'm kind of surprised. I think this is telling in some way. I'm surprised at how little discussion there is about how few options there are. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. if it was like a few years ago, we'd all be talking, and if it was like everyone mm -hmm. just kind of accepts it, they got nothing. It's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's sad. Yeah, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is unfortunately. Um, let's see if we can let's let's see if we can predict the uh, Revolution show. Uh, okay. Uh, three months in advance. Okay. Um, Hmm. Tough, isn't it? Not, Already. Not, I just want to be very clear, James. Um, I'll be taking an immense victory that when there are no title matches on Battle of the Belts. <laughs> uh, um, I think the main event will be Hangman versus Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. I think you need a hill that people are going to buy. And if you're going to do Danielson on TV, you need Adam Cole. You and I are probably not the highest on him, but we see how big the star is. We get it, right? Sure, sure. I think... I think you're going to get Punk MJF too. I think you're going to get... Do you think that's where the Wardlow stuff happens? <sighs> or at least it leads into the Wardlow stuff? Maybe. I Maybe. wonder if they have some form... If they kind of have cold feet on that, to be honest. They might. Because I would. If I was a booker, I'd be looking at the roster and going, where the hell am I going to put Wardlow as a babyface singles? I know. It's tough. It's tough. So Maybe, but I think... I think oh, there get, he is. Um, Who's who's here? You referencing Anthony Gogo? Yes. Oh yeah, he came back a week ago. Yeah, I thought you. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know you'd missed that. I was like, because I remember when I mentioned, I said well, these guys who did, and I thought, yeah. well, he hasn't oh, been there thought, a while. There he is. Oh, I thought you was referencing his latest uh, tweets, which uh -huh. are, I'm told have been not so good. Sorry mm. to hear that. Obviously. Um, oh. Yeah, this is going to be quick. Look at that Olympic slam for the finish. Um, Ant mentions Danielson. That's a great question. What will Danielson be doing at Revolution? Mm. Will he be a babyface or a heel? See, this is where it gets tough because, first of all, we're three months out. And it's pretty silly to even me suggest it because 
Tony Khan likes not that it's a, a bad thing. It does frustrate me sometimes, and I've pointed that out on the show. But he likes to run through programs yeah. in like three, four week. You know, every three, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just go through them. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's it's a tough one. I don't Where know. Where are you at on this? Because there's a lot of talk about this. Like, um, doing champ versus champ for Battle of the Belts. Like, just doing those matches every time. I don't hate the idea. Um, I will say that WWE has soured me on that. Yeah. So anytime I see something like that, the bloom is kind of off the rose on there because mm-hmm. it's like, mm, that's not that exciting, you know? Um, yeah, but I don't think it's the worst idea. I don't either. I just it's kind of gimmicky to me. Does that make sense? It is, man. I, I just hope that they make these specials two hours instead of one. I hope that one hour rumor is false. Yeah, because a one. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all talked about how one hour rampages are great or whatever, and I'm kind of. And the belief that that's not going to last forever. I am intrigued by it, though. Like, in terms of format, I am intrigued by what you could do with, like, what a one-hour pay-per-view would look like. You know? Like, imagine doing... I remember when the UFC made its debut on Fox, they famously just did one fight. They built one fight and they did the fight, right? And hilariously, mm-hmm. it went one minute, which left them in a complete jam. But, like, imagine doing that on an AEW special. Like, you do MJF first Punk and the first 15 minutes of it are promos and clips and you have guys giving their predictions. Like, stuff like that intrigues me just because it's a different format and wrestling very seldom has a different format. There's the mm-hmm. Prince out there, which is fitting on date on today of all days, right? Right. Character in Ring of Honor yesteryear. A little bit of love to him. But, yeah, what we were talking about, I, I don't know. So. I, I, think, I think you could do that, what you mentioned, like the one-hour format. You could do that on a YouTube stream. Like you have like a special yes. YouTube match, even like a big main event type match. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can even do it on TV. Because in reality, yeah. if you're on free TV, everybody still has to pay for cable or streaming or whatever. And I'd be kind of annoyed if I'm getting a one hour special yeah. show and it's one match, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I get that. For, but if it's on, you know, granted, yeah, we still have to pay for internet and YouTube. But I mean, I, mean, I don't want to get to the semantics of that. No, you're right. I, not, you and know. also, the other problem is but, they give away... YouTube, I, I do think you could do it with a YouTube stream. They give away big matches on Dynamite too often to make... They, there's, basically, what I'm saying is there isn't a match that's too big for Dynamite that would require its one hour of... It wouldn't It wouldn't feel right. Like, this Wednesday, we're literally getting Hangman vs. Brian. You know? Right. <laughs> but what match would you do as a special? Like, it's, it's hard. I, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to them because I think you and I both... Yeah, I, I Clash think, of Champions, I think, man. It's a, it's a pop for me. You know, that's what I want. So we'll that's, see. that's what I want too. I think Brian has a point. They may do a one hour. Uh, Brian's comment there. Uh, yes, the the pre show thing. One hour pre show on YouTube. I think that's if well, they do a one hour show. I'm almost expecting a one hour pre show. Did you see the? Uh, and this might be a spoiler, folks. So if it is, I apologize. But you'll you'll forget by the time it happens. Did you see the thing about Gresham has like canceled one of his bookings for the? He's cancelled a booking for the Friday that Rampage is live. And I was sitting there kind of kicking around like, hmm. will they do what they did for when Suzuki was available? Where they just go, fuck, here's a YouTube match. Brian versus Jonathan Gresham for the pure title. You do a draw on YouTube. <sighs> Why not, right? Why not do that? Like, you play around. Why not, it's man? Be interesting. But then if you did pure rules, 
you would have like judges. Would you have the balls to have Danielson lose on like split decision? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, James, Man, I think I'm, Nice is gonna win, James. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I'm so picky because there are certain things that if they just if they just did it for, for me, the Oracle of Wrestling alone, just me. Just me, Tony. I'm your only audience. I'm the only member of your audience. If you just did it for me, I'm begging you. Could you please have three-hour pay-per-views? That's all I ask. You're never getting it. Dude. I know. I know I'm not. I know. I'm not. You're never I getting it. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Like people are like, I've never liked four-hour shows. When I was growing up, when Mania was the one four-hour show every year, I looked forward to it because it was the one four-hour show a year, and yeah. I loved it. But it was, you know, every other pay-per-view was two hours and 50 minutes, man, or whatever. And it just, it ruled. This four-hour format, man, it's just, it's exhausting. And my (laughs) issue with it, it's mostly to do with the fact that every match has to go fucking 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's that's the problem. that's, That's where I think it genuinely, like, it's a problem for other people. But that's where I think it particularly affects you because you, the excess frustrates you more than most. I think Does that makes sense. Yes. Like, now look, I'll be real with you. I mean, I watch that gets show. Me out of it, man. I'm just like, because like even when NXT would do it over time, they would have a lot. All their matches would just be going balls to the wall, and that was yeah. fun. Was great. But you know what? It was like two hours. You know, it was like two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, and I cared. See, you know. I think how you watch these shows is important, right? Because I've done them every which way. I've watched an AEW pay on my own. I've watched on my brother. The last one, I watched on my whole family. And so I had the ability, you know, when that Cody match was going on, I was just like, I'm just decided I'm not watching this. You know, I'm just going to talk to <laughs> other shit. But like, you just sitting there watching fucking 15 minutes. Well, I'm myself because I watched all shows myself. Just sitting there being bored to tears by Cody's antics. I get it. I completely understand. I, I just. <laughs> I, I don't they know, all I think... like paired off and like did booze for 20 minutes that was bizarre one I of the strangest match it may be the most uninteresting match for a, that has like you know the ratio of of interest to talent level it may be one of the all-time lows because if you look at the four guys involved like cody's the worst wrestler in the match and, like cody's not a bad professional wrestler and the other three guys are fucking and it was just like this uninteresting flat match. It was fucking incredible. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was I'm solid. still, I'm still wanting them to do. I still want them to do a crazy angle next year. Me too. It's Tony's next step, man. It's Tony, he's he's really he's doing a really good job of matchmaking. But I want to see him try a big angle. You know, some was it Matt who said that he may not want to do a big angle. Yeah. He might be right. I don't know though. Tony likes old school wrestling. I feel like he would be willing to do one. I think. You know I mean? How would you? Okay, here we go. This is outrageous. By the way, Tony Nice has got to stop doing the moonsault because he hits guys in the knees every single time. And I love Tony, but please stop. Um, it's frustrating me. Too. He's doing it every time. He's hitting guys on the knees, and it's really frustrating. Also, try not to follow out with a headlock. Anyway, um, <laughs> how would you feel? We both think Hangman should win. Okay. Would it pop you if in the middle of that match they hit a double down and fucking Gresham and the Briscoes and all those dudes come down, kick the share, hangman, Brian won the belt and they had the fucking ROH banner 
in the ring. Listen, listen. <laughs> it would pop me. Yeah, probably be bad business, man. Pop you and I. <laughs> it would pop me, but at the same time, I would probably be like, "That was really stupid." Yeah. <laughs> like. I mean, that was really stupid. Yeah, like, no that, one knows who them dudes are either. Yeah. I mean, look, they're not going to do that. But I do think there's going to be something big happen. Whoa, hang on a second. This is Onward. too far, right? Oracle, Dave says he would stop watching AEW. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't stop watching AEW, but I would tweet at Tony Khan that he should remove his profile from Death Rock Driver <laughs> Video Review. This is, I think, I think it would objectively be a business error, but it would pop me so much. You know, you don't even realize. Imagine the Briscoes like grab it, like having like an AEW banner and like set it on fire while we go off the air. And the- <laughs> oh, jeez. And then you have the thing where like everyone's not sure if Punk's also on the team, you know. Eddie Kingston's running around the locker room being like, we need to get that fucking belt back, you know? <laughs> God bless, that would man. be great. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here with big angles. Well, something big's going to happen on Wednesday. I don't know if it's – because like, AEW's not an angle company, really. Um, Something big's going to happen on Wednesday. I'm feeling it. Chats, the chat's turned on my side here, Oracle. Another company did cost the champ the belt last winter is coming. They did an angle with impact last year. They aren't much better than God bless. Look at the people turning. Look at them turning baby face. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's facts. They did shit with impact, man. <laughs> they were okay. They lived. Something, I mean, you know, I can't decide if something big's gonna happen this week or or not. I mean, maybe they just think the 30 minute title match is big enough, which it is, you know. Yeah. I, think, you know, uh, I mean, you know those two are getting 30 probably, right? I mean, that, that thing's probably going to – the bell's probably going to ring at 9.30. I think you're going to get a debut. Yeah. I think it will be a guy that was on Ring of Honor on Saturday. And I think it's the angle we've all been waiting for with, with Malachi. Do you have an idea who that would be, or is that something that you have to keep under I eye? think – no, no, it's not Scoop. I think Brody King is going to be with Malachi okay. on Wednesday. Okay. I think you're going to get an angle where the Varsity Blondes – Maybe call out Malachi. You, you know, you do an angle where it's what two on one. Malachi stands there, calls Cucumber because he knows what's coming. And bro, here's the thing about Brody King too, and this is important. He's maybe one of the only guys that you're going to bring from Ring of Honor that's visually impressive enough mm-hmm. that if they don't know who he is, man, with the with the get up on and the, he looks like a killer, right? So right, he's kind of he's where I think I would go with it. Um, God bless. That really was a short episode of Elevation. Serena um, and yeah, it was Serena and Sheeta is going to be excellent. I think I'm really looking oh, forward yeah. to that. Yeah, I hope that opens kind of. To be honest, I don't think it will, but I'd, I'd like them to get a really fresh crowd. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think you're going to get. I think there's a chance you get Kyle O'Reilly on Wednesday. But so, so what is the know. lineup exactly for this show? So you got Don A and MJF for the for the diamond ring. You <sighs> got... don't care about the diamond ring shit, man. Yeah, it's weird because they kind of like forget, like, like he uses it as a gimmick, but it doesn't feel like it exists until it happens. I mean, it'll, 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 it'll further the Team Taz Leo Dante thing, so you know, which I do like that angle. I really although think they, they should do although, it the other although way. Although they, they, it was executed very poorly last week. I think they should do it the other way around, man. I, I really think Punk should cost MJF. Yeah. 
Because I don't think Dante's winning a belt anytime soon. So giving him his no. big thing as the diamond ring, I think that's cool. Like that gives because look, you can't give it to a heel every year. Most years no. you give it to a heel, but just changing it and yeah, I think that's I think that's something to it. Um, you got Serena and Sheeta, you got Wardlow and Sidell, and then you got the main event four matches. How long Wardlow and Sidell go? I have no idea. So hmm. now you could do a thing. Where Punk costs uh, Punk costs MJF the match, and MJF's hot Wardlow wasn't there. And Wardlow's like, "I'm getting ready for my own match, man." Happens, you know. Like he don't care. He's like, oh. "That's Russell Matt Sidell." So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, look, let's be honest. It's a decent lineup in the sense that you, how bad can a lineup be when it has Sheeta versus Serena, Hangman versus Bryan on it? That yeah. alone makes it great. It just says right. a lot about Dynamite. That I think both of us are like. Is there one more? It's like, it doesn't need one more, man. It's got Brian and Hangman. <laughs> they put a lot on those shows. So it's kind of surprising to only see four matches. Maybe they'll have one last minute. I don't know. You're going to go well, along. It seems like there's good, they're, they're, you know, it's a four match card. Now, granted, like I said, Hangman and Brian probably go 30. And, you know, Serena and Cheeto probably go 15, maybe even 20. Um, you know, per, you know, probably 15 or 20. Um but that still leaves room for a few for a few surprises, I think, that four match card yeah. does. So. so I think so how would you bring in O'Reilly? What does that look like? Because someone in the chat asked is a good question. Because you got the pieces well, in play with the best friends, right? It's just how you how do you do it? So the best friends has four guys now, right? Well, if you still have Rocky, you got five, right? That's five, yeah, because Rocky's there. And you've got Cole and the Young Bucks, so that's three, and then Fish is four. Oh, yeah, Kyle, right there. I mean, you could just do a segment where they're all talking or brawling or whatever, and Kyle's going to come out, and that's going to do the pop enough. You know, that'll be enough for a pop. But, I mean, obviously you want to execute it well, right? Like, you don't want to just – because, I mean – you know, we we all love AW here, but we've you know they've had some some stinkers for debuts sometimes. You know, they do so many of them that you're oh, I know. Miss it's on hard some. To, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's hard to keep up with them. Yeah, um, um, and it's going to continue. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of them next year. So, I think, I think I would do a deal where you shoot the angle, you book a ten man tag. And then in the middle of the match, Red Dragon leave the Elite. And that's how you let Orange actually pin someone rather than getting the shit kicked out of him every week like he has been the last few months. That's what <laughs> I would do. Because Bobby needs to... Bobby looks like a dumb fuck just standing out there with Cole every week. You know? Like, them two walking out on the Elite would be good shit, I think. So, I would do something like that that makes Red Dragon look smart and then, I'd you know, flip him baby face and have him work the bucks for a while. Which, um... I have to be honest... I like that, but like I also watched them two wrestle, like them two teams wrestle in hundred million times ten years ago, and I don't really see how this is going to be better than it was. <laughs> so I'm a little bit cautious on the Red Dragon Young Bucks program. I know it'll be good, but like I feel like there's more interesting things for Red Dragon to do. But I get it, I understand. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, my uh, my uh, Pfizer, my Pfizer. Uh, Glad Bob's not here. Was 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 itchy. Yeah, Bob would be greatly uncomfortable with that. Yeah. 
Where are you at on O'Reilly? Where's the, what's he sealing in AEW? Oh, man, dude. Like, he's a very good in-ring wrestler, but he's such a fucking nerd that I don't <laughs> like him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I fucking detest him. Like, but wow. like, legitimately, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Like, those Finn matches are great. Like, when he, like, he's good enough to where, like, I'll really get into his matches. Like, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. it's rules. But man, is he a fucking nerd, man. Yeah. Like, he just drives me off the wall. I'm like, this dude's a fucking dork. And I can't stand, like, you know, it's just, uh, you laugh because it's, because because you see it. You just don't yeah. care as much. I've, I've talked um, about it. I, like, he's, Look, he's one of those guys that's really great, and then you make him the top baby face, and you kind of go, "Oh, I don't know who's this," you know? Like he's no, uh, he's he's meant to go out there and grapple, you know. He ain't meant to be like, yeah, cutting promos and shit. So I'm watching. Um, I'm gonna do a series. I'll, I'll give this scoop out now, but I'm doing a new series. It's gonna be very informal. Where I, I'm going back and watching Ring of Honor Sinclair TV, right? And I'm, I'm starting at the very beginning when Cornette is fucking, what did Austin Aries call it? Smoky Mountain Honor. <laughs> and brother, his presentation of Colin O'Reilly is, it's literally like the thrill seekers. Kyle O'Reilly gets in the ring and Kevin Kelly goes, a young, enthusiastic outdoorsman. <laughs> and I popped so big at the idea that I was going to get him over in 2011. <laughs> Bless Jim, man. That dude's so fucking old. <laughs> Kevin Kelly. Goodness yeah. gracious. Have you ever seen any of that stuff of Cornette, like where he tries to make Ring of Honor like an old school territory? It's, it's so weird, man. It's, it's <laughs> no. kind of fascinating because he's no. like, fuck you, Batista. But <laughs> there's stuff on. So Mike Bennett is on there as like, like his gimmick is that he's gonna go to Hollywood and be a big star, which is God bless. Um, <laughs> Jim there's Cornette. just so much, man. There's so much funny. Like Benjamin and Haas are like they're like the babyface champs. They come out to like the shitty music and they get all fired up, and the crowd doesn't really like them because they're WWE guys, of course, right? You got um, I'm trying to think where else he's going. This is when Cornet was like obsessed with David Richards as an MMA fighter. You know, he when he presented him like he was the UFC champ. Oh my god! Fuck it. He they did this promo. You listen to what I'm about to say. This should tell you, you know. They did a promo segment for Roddy versus Davey. Sorry to hear that, right? And poor Rod Strong is like, you know, I'm different than Davey, right? Like I go and party and go out with women and shit. And I'm just sitting there watching. Like, this is like, how did Jim think this was going to change the business? He's out of his mind. There are people still he's that listen. Sad. To him. He's a sad individual. They, they still know. think he has the answers, man. You know, like it's incredible, He's, honestly. Like, listen, the Bandana Express scrapbook, which my brother has, and I've read large chunks of it, is one of the, is probably one of the best. That might be one of the great great wrestling memorabilia pieces right. ever. Just an outstanding. Mm-hmm. It, it's such an awesome book, man. Uh, unfortunately, it's no longer uh, being printed. Right. Um, but he's. Have you ever heard the? Uh, I think Jericho told it the story where he tries to go through the Wendy's. Yes. Oh yeah. They... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of incredible. I mean, it's just. 
Cornet's one of those guys who, like, I think yeah. there's a there's a whole generation that can co-sign this. He was like a guilty pleasure because a lot of the, the guys that he was being mean about, you didn't like. So you kind of, in recent years, I think we can all agree. Like he said stuff about people that are totally harmless. That's just like, bro, what the like? You know, when he's like wishing death on people. He's always in promo mode, right? I know. And some of the shit he said about like Jade and stuff. Like, dudes, you know, it's bad. It's real bad. He's, but he's he's a guy that. And look, maybe I'm speaking for myself here. I still, there's still times where if like it comes up on my YouTube, I'll watch him talk about old school wrestling because he is a great historian, right? Yeah. But when you see tweets and it's like, man, if Jim Cornette was running AEW, it's like, brother, that would, that if you think one million viewers is bad, I would love to see what Jim Cornette would, they would not be doing one million. That show no. would be so dry, you know? It's just, it happens. He did exactly what Watts did, ironically. Like some of these some of these people in wrestling, like you know, I've I've vis- I've slammed Kenny Omega many times, but his story about John Laurinaitis yeah. is one of the all time great stories. <laughs> I'm like, walking out the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's incredible, man. It's just so some dudes reach a point where they're like, they're no longer real people to me. They're just they're just parts of stories. Johnny Ace is one of them, right? Like he's just. <laughs> like how brutal must it be to know that there's like hundreds of videos on the internet where people just dunk on you and talk about how fucking dumb you are and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you see that video that Contrarian Alex did? Granted, listen. It's awful that people get released, but he did, somebody you know what I'm talking about, don't you? No, no you don't. He did some I'm video where, like where he was mimicking Johnny Ace calling somebody up. While, like he's, he's so funny, man. He's so funny. Well, Honestly, like, well, like driving down the road, and uh, it was it was quite funny, um, but. Just, <laughs> I can't. I, I thought. I God, I wish I could remember what he said, but it was pretty funny. Well, the weirdest thing ever as a wrestling fan is when, like, I'm watching like 2012 WWE, and all of a sudden, like Johnny Ace is like the number one heel in the company. <laughs> Just shit. It's people up- power. If any other promotion pulled that sort of thing, it would literally kill them forever. And in WWE, it was just another day at the office. They just kept going. <laughs> he made it a pay-per-view. We've seen him, and he won, didn't he? They shot an angle. Yeah, he won. I think so. Turn heel. Like he oh, did 100 times. Yeah. The one, I'll say this, okay? And this may be a hot take. I like very much the heel turn that he did in 2014. The one where... He fucks over Team Cena. And the reason I love it so much is I've always been fascinated by the dynamic of it's like they've got three guys and when Big Show punches Cena, they're left with just one, right? Because he knocks Cena out and he leaves. Mm -hmm. And I must say it didn't have any impact because he turned baby and heel 100 times. But it's like I am fascinated by it whose idea that was because the way they set that up for Dolph was fucking brilliant. It was incredible. Do you remember that shit? Dolph was on the outside. 
he had two partners left, and by the time he stood up, right, he had none. Yeah, that match was awesome, man. That that this match is... that match had a lot of because I remember the way they built to that was such a mess too because they had like like they changed like they they re like they added they finally like completed the teams like the week before yeah and like Aaron Rowan showed up as a, or or Aaron Rowan that's one of my childhood friends Eric Rowan <laughs> um sorry that I just said your name on air buddy um but uh. He would never watch anything like this. So, yeah, um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he just randomly turned a baby face and Eric Rowan came out to that like HBO porn music. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he, that was such a, but that match was great. My my like I mean it didn't matter at the time because Sting debuted or whatever Stang, and uh, but like Dolph like Dolph and Rollins laying in the ring for like yeah that's a, look, minutes. Look, we both <laughs> I I love Sting okay, but objectively speaking that's that was horse shit. Like if you're gonna do it, just have Dolph fucking win. You know, don't turn it into this big Triple H vanity thing where they stand over each other and they get this is awesome chance. <sighs> Yeah, right. It's, but that, that match, in terms of performance, there's a great review out there. Hamwork Reviews reviewed that match. and It kind of like really made me appreciate what Triumph is because if you look at the lineup, there's no reason that match should be even good, let alone great, right? Like, if you actually look at it, like Rusev's brand new. Mark Henry's only in it for five seconds and he's old at that point. Big Show's old. He actually goes on to have good stuff in 2015, but he's old. Yeah, um, Brody's in it. Brody's in it. He's like, you know, him and Seth, yeah. Tyler Black, sorry to hear that, but they're like the workers of the Hill team. Mm-hmm. And Babyface team has Rowan, Ryback. <laughs> like, it should, but that's a great example yep. of if you put your mind to it, you can do a lot with a little. And that roster's nowhere near as good as the one that they had two years ago. But frankly, they never told a story as good as that two years ago. So it didn't matter. It's just... Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like, you have to do something. You can do some great shit. And Dolph could have been a main eventer after that, but they didn't have any interest in that. So he quickly, I mean, he's... How many times has Dolph been at that point where it's like, if you want to, you can pull the trigger? They didn't want to. <laughs> Man, they've, killed, they've killed some adversaries. Yeah, I love when it. They when wanted they wanted to kill it. it, and then we all, like, all the fans, I didn't want them to at the time. Right. They brought it back, and great, you know. I mean, why can't we just have the dadgum... Like even in the mid, even in the 2010s, before the brand split got happened again, they, you know, we got like, remember that great? It was the Shield and the, the Shield and the Real Americans versus Ray, the Usos, and the Rhodes Brothers. That's incredible. I need to watch that. I haven't seen it. Um, well, in fairness, the first brand split one back, the 2016 one, is great. Oh yeah, it's- yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, the 55 minute one. Yeah, it's long. No, no, <laughs> it's no, great. No, I, I say that no, it was great because I thought the storytelling yeah. was good. Yeah, um, I thought it was a really, really great match. Um, yeah, I liked the 2018 one too. Uh, the men's tag that's the one where Shane almost got killed by Roman on a spear. Right, that isn't the one with Braun and Triple H's shit, is it? No, god, no, that's 2017. Okay, who ends 2018? I'm trying to. Who finishes what? that match? Who, who's the last like men standing in 2018? Oh fuck! Um, 
So I get really... I can't remember. Because this is the problem, and this is why I always remember 2016 most, is because that was when they just brought the brand split back, so I knew what brand everyone was on. Then they started switching everyone, and it's like... The way they do it now, bro, where they, they do the draft in October and then the match in November is fucking insane. That is madness, right? At least give us some time to learn which brand everyone's on. It's such a... Uh, I know, I, I know. Listen, I care so much when I shouldn't. I don't watch as intently as I did. and You know, but it's just... Just try to be... Something, yeah. Have some and ideas. Just <laughs> vomiting out content. Well, you're five minutes away, Joe. Have you decided? No, I'm not watching it. <laughs> oh, I actually, I'm honest, you man. I said it to you, and about five minutes later, I was like, "Fuck, I'm not watching that show." <laughs> no. There's better things I could do, but I. Uh, same fun will probably happen now. Really strong will work. Rey Mysterio. Well, what what usually time. I do is like. Unless there's something like that, I, that immediately interests me, I like to just watch it on tape delay. Yeah. On 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 DVR. So like like at eleven thirty, I'll turn it on and get through get through it in like eighty minutes tops. Right. You know, so it's like. Yeah, I just. I guess my thing with stuff like Rory is I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a parody of myself. You know what I mean? Like me sitting here and being like, "This show sucks." It's like, well, yeah, obviously. Like, tomorrow night, like, genuinely, guys, I thought NXT was fucking terrible last night. But tomorrow night, I would probably watch Roddy versus Bron Breaker regardless. Like, Are we still doing that tomorrow? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, if they give him six eight, six to eight minutes, I think we're going to pop for that, well, right? I'll, I'll, I'll be there, so at least we can shoot okay. the shit. Um, I wonder if Bron Breaker's going to take a backbreaker. Roddy may be too nice. He may just not even pick him up. He might just... Because Roddy couldn't 100% pick that fucker up. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude's strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. This is tremendous, by the way. Apparently, Sean is not reporting for plans for tonight's show because it's been thrown out and isn't done yet. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> see, the way they change plans so much, it suggests that there are any kind of ideas to begin with. I don't see any pushes or plans. I just see them doing stuff, so... what? What is this shit with Vince and the Austin Theory? I don't know, but it's... That has big, like... That has big out-of-touch vibes to me that they, they've circled him. It it really is. It's Yeah. Because it's... Like, look, there's obviously the Austin Theory stuff, he has allegations against his name, and that's... I'll be honest, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know a lot about the situation. Um, I think he did respond... And said that he wasn't aware of her age. I, I forget, but I'm not a big fan of their approach of he sh- he's just going to go to NXT for a bit until people forget. That seems fucking insane to me that that's the way to approach it. Um, even if we were to assume he's completely innocent and they've investigated, which in professional wrestling, good luck with that. <laughs> he is such a like WWE prototype deal where they've just they've decided he ticks their boxes without waiting for him to get over. There's no evidence he can get over. When I watched him wrestle, ironically, I remember watching an Evolve show when Roddy, you know, when NXT and Evolve were kind of share, they would share talent. And uh, I'm pretty sure this happened. I might make it up, but I'm pretty sure they sent Roddy down to wrestle him. And he had a lot of buzz, and I was just like, he's just a guy, right? Like, he's, he got a good look. His matches are okay, but he's just, he doesn't have any, you know, 
Wrestling's about getting over. It mm-hmm. isn't about what you like on the scouting report. Right. WWE have always struggled with that. They don't ever quite figure that out. <laughs> They're going to no. push him. They just see, oh, oh six foot two. <laughs> the thing is, is he, is he even six two? He's just got a good body, right? Is he even six two? Oh, no, two? I'm just, I'm just, I'm oh, just, you're right. Yeah, I know. I'm just, you know, speaking, you know, like that was the, that was the actual anything. thing, right? Like the mid 2000s, they actually had like a mandate. He wasn't <laughs> over. That part, <laughs> Dustin. I'm just reminded of when Dustin Rhodes was like, I'm going to get Randy Orton in my Mount Rushmore because somebody put 2000, yes. they put 2304 Randy Orton without yeah. anything interesting about There is going to be, I've said it before on the grin and people laugh, but I'm telling you, Randy Orton, when the professional wrestlers all talk about him and the way they do, the next generation that didn't watch his work in real time will genuinely think he's like a top five wrestler ever. Because they will hear it from every... Think about it. Dustin Rhodes sees him as a top four guy. Dustin mm-hmm. was wrestling... He was wrestling Rick Rude 12 years before he even met Randy, probably. <laughs> like, it, I don't... It's weird, because, like, I get what they... I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Right. You can see he's good, but he's... He very seldom, I think... And this is a shame, because he's talented. He's capable enough, but... <clears throat> he's very seldom been truly great, I think, in his career. Truly yeah. great. Where you go... And Randy is just on another level. He doesn't have those nights very often. But I just think in history, he's going to be very kind to him because all of his peers think he's fucking incredible. For whatever reason, right. they love the guy. In fairness in fairness to Brian's comment, Vinny Oracle, uh, I do have kind of the gray. Yes. The gray stuff. <laughs> there you go. Um, look, I'll be honest with you guys, and I'm not done the greatest wrestler. Maybe one day when I get nearly enough knowledge, I'll do so. However... I would be stunned if Randy Orton was in my top 25 in terms of match, like in ring. I would be stunned at that. Um, I think we talked about my My favorite Randy was 2011 Randy Orton when he was like too. legitimately great in the ring. But we're both like, we're so weird for that because like people hated him as a baby face and we just popped for it. We're, I thought he was like legitimately great during that period. But we're so like in, like, this is what I'm, this is to me, this is where you and I are like, this is why we, with Spence, you know, Matt of nice. You and I were talking to the DMs and just go on and on. It's like you and I pop for the way that he worked, not just Christian, but like, I love the way he worked those Mark Henry matches. Oh, the CM Punk feud was good, right? And it's like, but I'm looking at it, and I know you are like you even more so. I think mechanically, I like his matches more as a babyface because honestly, I find his heat segments to be fucking boring. Oh, his heat segments are terrible. So when he's a baby face and he can just sell my my I favorite heel Randy Orton, and granted, I think he had a lot of good matches in thirteen and fourteen in the and the authority heel right. run. He had great matches in that run. Mm-hmm. But they weren't really traditional heat. I mean, there were, but he was in tags with evolution and like it was it was different, you know. Um and when you're and when you're you know in there with Daniel Bryan, you know, yeah. it's 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 different, you know. Especially he, when he's he that lead the way and, and do right. things. Um, but the only heel Randy Orton I really like was late, late 2003 through <clears throat> like the end of his, through his babyface turn in the fall of 04. Yeah. So like, as Dave um, mentions, the famous Foley feud is the, that's like the centerpiece. Right. Of that, right. Yeah. And that was mostly because his, he just, he was basically himself times a thousand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> totally like a scumbag, you know. <laughs> 
because that's what he was. And yeah, he's, he's been pretty he, honest. He'll admit yeah. that, you know. Yeah. You know, that's what he was times, you know. So, right. it's, but he just, you know, it's just uh, Babyface Horton, really from, even as far as late 2010 until he turned heel, the authority, that three year, the early mm-hmm. 2010s, he was really good that whole period, I thought. Yeah, I think he's no. He had some wellness issues and stuff during that period, but right. So he was missing for several months at one point. But look, I think this be very fair here. In terms of like, if you just look at what he can be, and he's over, like he's a great wrestler, right? Like, I I don't think I'll be honest with you, man. I kind of roll my eyes when I see people doing the like the total burial of that of who he is. I I think people get way dramatic. I get he does headlocks, but like. He's a very good professional wrestler. I think mm-hmm. if you say otherwise, you're protected. But when you talk about – when I see a guy like Dax Harwood, who I really respect the opinion of, say that he thinks he's the best wrestler in the world, I my genuine response to that is, like, I need to, like, look deeper here because I'm seeing some really – like, I'm seeing nice matches, but I'm not seeing the kind of substance that would make me – saying that, though, there are some – Well, there's some moments, we though, have there to are. remember that as fans <clears> – <throat> On the outside looking in, our perspective is different. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's not because I, 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 I don't know. Like they, they I, maybe he works safe. I think it's because he's smooth and he's smooth or whatever. And yeah, then, and there's like. People really like for me. I don't care about that. That doesn't. No, because we're not you know, being I mean, here. That, yeah, that right. Yeah. Matter to me, but that might matter to someone who 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 lives off the craft of wrestling, right? I, I've told this like, story elsewhere. This always stuck with me. And they had MVP on Talking Shop one time, and they were reading fan questions, right? And this is like 2015. And some fan goes, you know, they're talking about Machine Gun. They go, you know, because like, he did Randy's finish. And they're like, you know, you remind me of Randy Orton with that kind of smooth style. And MVP stopped the show. And he's like, listen, Cole, you're my guy. You're great. He said, Randy Orton's something different altogether. <laughs> he literally, he had to like make it clear and clarify. He was like, that dude operates at his own speed. He's got so much more time than everyone else. So that's, I think that's very much what it is. It's stuff they can feel. The, to our eye, it's impressive, but it isn't. Like you can tell he's smooth, but it doesn't really matter to us, right? Like we, especially you and I, we that's, love the that's, that's where the disconnect is because yeah. I think this kind of leads into the conversation of it's one that always makes me mad because ultimately I don't have to pay my money for you, and I can and I can yeah. make you to where you where you're, you know. I I mean I'm not like I'm one person, but I you know you don't have to take my money. But when they say, "Well, you never taken a bump, so you shouldn't have a comment." Oh, it's, yes, oh shit. Well, fuck off. Then you won't get my fucking money. Yeah, that's yeah. just such an ignorant. That literally so like, that happens in every form of entertainment, and it's the dumbest thing yeah. ever, right? So dumb. I mean, like you know, no, no. I mean, like I'm, I'm sure as hell not gonna. No, granted, it is different, but I, you know, I'm not gonna have somebody, you know, come up to me and. You know, some some chef tell me they're mad because I didn't like their, right, you yeah. know, kung pao chicken. Well, yeah. well, you know, you you don't cook food, so you don't know what you're talking about. 
well, I think it fucking sucks. <laughs> so I'm not coming back here again. You can kiss my ass. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid to say that to you. I mean, like, I get it. I, I can see how it can be annoying, right? When you're sure. going on there and, and you see somebody say you fucking suck at what you do, it probably hurts your feelings a little bit. I get that. Yep. And I've said some extreme things, you know. Because everybody says just whatever the hell they want to say online, including myself. And sometimes, you know, people say hurtful things. And, you know, the only time I, I will accept is if somebody says, like, um, and I'm quoting here. I'm, I'm not quoting, but I'm, I'm just saying mm-hmm. so-and-so is ugly or so-and-so has... has yeah, it's whole shit. Yeah, I agree. So-and-so has uh, blah, 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 or whatever. You know, it's like somebody beyond like a, a woman's physical yeah. appearance or something. If somebody wants to quote tweet him and say you're an idiot or an asshole, oh, hell yeah, sure. But if yeah. somebody says, you know, I don't think your sell, I don't think their selling was that good, then they vanity search and go, you dumb mark virgin. Like that's just lame. <laughs> like it's like okay, shut the fuck yeah. up. Like you 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 you're making yourself work worse when you're doing that. Like I agree. Um, speaking of selling, I'm intrigued by your thoughts on this. James says. Honestly, from watching some stardom lately, I'm starting to think the heat segment sucks. It's more on the baby face than the heel. I, my personal take, I'm intrigued with you on this. I think there are a handful of baby faces that are so great they can make the most mundane of heat segment good. I'd say King is good at that right now. Um, they're obviously, you know, historically, there are some great examples. Ricky Morton, Ricky Steamboat, Ray Mysterio is a great example. Then now forever, <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy's a good one too. Actually, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a great baby face. I think Jim really though. I think it's on the hill to have some ideas and some content. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think so too. Uh, I, I think so too. Like it's, it's, you know, you, you have to do something interesting to keep people hooked on a heat segment. Right. Um, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I've seen enough wrestling from enough errors to know that, Iron Mike Sharp put in a lot of headlocks and, <laughs> you know. Now, granted, he would draw with the fans and, you know, people would, the grandma in the front row of the garden or whatever, yell back at him or whatever. But, I mean, that's just not, you know, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to do something. I think it's, I think you really need to have, Ultimately, I think both need to be good, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it really helps with 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 you know good offense, where and when you do certain things, timing, transitions, all this other stuff. You know, all these um, uh, you know smart mark words that we use. Right. Smart Mark. I remember that was like the thing. Like when I was like 14 or 15. Like, you know, I'm a smart Mark. And then 15 years later, I'm like, that was fucking lame. Why did I tell everybody I was that? So who's give me some um I'm intrigued because you watch the Bell Bell stuff more than me. Especially WWE the last couple years. Who is someone you can kind of bank on? in mainstream wrestling to have some ideas for his heat segment. 
Sheamus. There you go. How much, now? When most people think of Sheamus, they think of like the big bruising back and forths. You know, like when they, you know, him and Drew. Mm. Keep, how much of your appreciation for him is actually rooted in that? The fact that he always has an idea. He'll have that's, some sort. That's of That's mostly with mostly with the bruising stuff. Um, mm. Let me think. Cesaro's always got a good idea when he works heel. He's just great, um, right? Yeah, just um, a great wrestler. Punk was always good at that. Of course, this you know he hasn't done been turned into that yet. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> we will. We'll get there. Um, Meech is very upset about my Iron Mike's sharp slander. Fair. I mean, I mean, I feels like um of all the things we say on here, it rules so much. That's the one you throw a flag on. So I have to, I have to respect it. You know, I have no choice. But well, you know, Meech, Meech, Meech is uh, the last two letters of Meech's name there implies age, I think. So, yeah. God bless you, Meech. I'm sure <laughs> you were. A, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you were a big Iron Mike Sharp fan, in in your in your day. Well, what a thought. Now we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap up here. Short. I don't know. I'm. I'm having fun. I mentioned that Ring of Honor stuff. I'm intrigued on your uh, take on this. I've brought it up before. I don't think you and I have ever got into it in detail. Shelton Benjamin is such an interesting wrestler. In that, like, even now, after 20 years... He said he hated him. <laughs> oh, that rules. Um, even now, after, after 20 years, I still think that when people talk about Shelton, a lot of them still talk about what we believe he could and should have been mm. rather than what he actually was. And like, I'm really intrigued about him because like, I think we all agree he's good. I'm not saying he sucks, but like, he's just, he's kind of puzzling to me, you know? Like, his stuff outside WWE isn't really very good. This is just interesting. I don't know. Where are you at on Shelton? Kind so, of. I liked Shelton a lot when I was a kid. And I remember he won like most underrated by Dave. And the observer like five years in a row. God bless, man. And it's like <sighs> Shelton never really had he never had good mic skills. Yeah. He was that, that and that when the main eventer, I don't care what company you're in. You know, unless you have a manager who's a good mouthpiece, if you can't cut a promo it might not work. I'm not saying it won't for sure, but I, I, it hurts when you, yes, when you can't. Quickly, before, while you're on that point, do you remember a couple of years ago when they shot an angle with him and Kane Velasquez and he cut a big promo on Ray and Kane came out and beat him up and he cut this fucking awesome... And everyone on Twitter was like, why didn't show... <laughs> Why didn't Shelton cut promos like this when he was 30, you know? The dude, like, it seemed like he'd figured it out at 45, but, like, his promo, it was tremendous. You should seek it out. It's when Cain Velasquez beat him up, which is hilarious for many reasons. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, but you're um, right. He wasn't a good guy, absolutely. But he was he was just fun to watch, man. Like, he yes. stood out. Um, I was a big fan as a kid. I, I He was one of my favorites. He was probably my favorite – he was one of my two or three favorite mid carters. Uh, so you talking about during... just for timeline here? Are you talking about when he like when he worked I'm talking, with Triple H? I'm and... talking 04 versus through 08, probably. So 08 is when 
he's like style changed, right? A little bit. That's when he became gold standard. I thought it was really good in 08. Um, yes. He was U.S. champ. I think he had a couple of good matches with Taker on TV. Yes, he did. Um, he kind of started getting a push again at that time, right? Yeah, he, he had a couple uh, of years where uh, he, he was... Had a, he had a good few with Jeff Hardy. Yep. Um, yeah, like he, he was he was really, really good. And then he went over to ECW and had some good matches there. He had a he had a good few with Sheamus. Um, he had a good few with he he had a good few with Lance Archer. That what you know that wasn't bad. Um, him and Christian had like a ladder match, right? Didn't mm-hmm. they? That was a little bit messy because Christian busted his head open, but they yes. but they ended up having a good match. Yeah. Yeah, because he at some point wrestlers getting smaller just like it transforms Shelton from being like the flashy guy to being a big guy. <laughs> and he wrestled Kofi Kingston and towered over him. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? And he kind of started, you know, becoming more rough and physical. Right. And then he gets oh. cut and he goes and does Smoky Mountain Honor with Jim Cornette. Hmm. He's in Suzuki Gun in Japan, which sounds like saying that would be awesome, but just never really quite. Clicked. Yeah, I saw some of those G1 matches. It, did, it didn't do a ton for me. He didn't feel like he ever figured it out. I think, he had a, I think he had a pretty decent one with AJ one time in the G1. Maybe I'm misremembering. No, I think you're right. But that would make sense, right? He had a good match in Noah with... Um, I want to say I like his match with Nakajima. I forget. But he's Noah stuff. I remember it being like, oh, maybe... He, but he never seemed to quite figure out that style. You know? Right. And it's just interesting because... If you look at what he was, you kind of think he would be awesome there, right? Like he had to shoot a skill set and he was great. I, I don't know. It's just like, look, I never dunk on Bob for it because Shelton's his guy. Uh, we all have favorite wrestlers that aren't great wrestlers. I mean, look, I'm I'm the one to talk, right? We get it. But he's just, Shelton's, he's kind of, he frustrates me in that, like, I feel like he was in the wrong time in a lot of ways, you know? He was. He was. Yeah. He's, he's a very good wrestler. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, I think he was missing those other intangibles that you would want. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He was he was missing. I don't know. Sometimes sometimes you can't put it into work. Really, I think the promos were a problem more than anything. Especially um, the era he was climbing to. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a different if he was like, if he had that lack of promo 10 years earlier, 12 years earlier when – you know, they not everyone was cutting in ring promos. You could have done some pre tapes with him. Like it's different, but he, right when he was trying right. to get a push, they were doing fucking. You know, everyone had to do a twenty minute segment with Triple H if they wanted to work on top. It's oh, just, God. yeah, I know. It's hard. I just whenever Remember Bob when brings like, him up, Triple H went through like his phases of like being like, he went through like every phase of like, like eighties NWA World Champion. Like he was like Harley Race for a while, yeah. and then he's a buffoon. and then and then he was like Ric Flair for a while, and he, the bit the thing I always say because it, it's just incredible. And then and then he sort of did he didn't he kind of try to be Dusty kind of maybe as a baby <laughs> face or something maybe not I don't know <laughs> I think that was just him getting off the gas. <laughs> oh yeah, twenty ten, twenty ten, yeah. Yeah, think, where he had um, that, where, 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 where he had that gut. Yeah, boy, 2010, 2010 Paul, man, twenty ten triple Paul don't look too great. I seen man when he was feeding with his buddy, with his workout buddy Seamus. So, the biggest pop for me ever will be when he wanted to be Ric Flair so much that he would do ten minute heat segments where he'd work a guy's leg, 
and never once realised that, that was Rick's finish and his finish was the pedigree and never put it together <laughs> that he didn't need to work the league because he wasn't going to beat anyone with a figure four anyway. So just that, that that review you sent me of the <laughs> oh that was incredible, wasn't it? I'm going to link that in the chat. Yeah, took, put this over because when I read it, I was like, Oracle can love this. The one of the most beautifully written aerials <laughs> of a professional yeah. wrestling match I've ever had the pleasure to see with my own eyes. There's one, the same, the same reviewer did one for Davey and Eddie that you would probably like to about like, they like stub their toe on the wall because they're so bored. It's fucking incredible, man. <laughs> <laughs> and there's people that reply to this stuff and they're like, it's not that serious, man. It's like, bro, just like read the review and pop. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to defend Seth Rollins every time someone tweets about him. It was just a wonderful review. Just a total, total vicious burial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the great reviews I've ever read. Yeah, it's tremendous. Just tremendous stuff. And, you know, if you go on that page, guys, just forewarning, they're going to be matches you like that brother berries and tells you they suck. It's fine. You don't have to go upset about it. Just pop when they agree with you. That's all you need to do, right? <laughs> I didn't even remember that match, bro. That, that tells you something, right? Like, I don't even remember it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great reviews. Um, Seguna Kaida has great reviews, too. They're, 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 those guys are charming. They'll, they'll say some pretty... Telling you, man, I've said it elsewhere. I think there's a place for it. I I really think now look, here's the thing. You'd have to be careful with it. And you'd have to edit and you'd have to do but like after a pay-per-view like full gear, if I run a big wrestling website, whatever the fuck that even means at this point in 2021. I think it is the duty of I, I personally think that because there aren't more real reviews, critical reviews, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like going to a music site after um, after Drake drops and not having anyone do the review for that or going to a movie website after the new... Spider-Man. Taran- yeah, Taran- Spider-Man. Like, and critical reviews are a part of coverage and I just... I don't... Right. And look, bless the people that do it. I don't want to dunk on anyone that does this, but like, I'm not talking about the people that just do their play-by-play and then right at the end, like, three stars, good match. Like, I'm talking about, like... A real critical review. Right, like, video like, like, like the one that one with colorful and entertaining yeah. review that 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 yeah. the Segunda Caide guys and and handwork are, are mm-hmm. you know and, and others are known for. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, if I was running a site, I would probably not. And this maybe this is bad. I don't know. I would probably protect that reviewer by having them review particular things that I know won't cause a fucking Twitter war. Like, for example, if Fightful posted that Seth Triple H review, could you imagine what Twitter would do with that shit, right? But, like, if, you know, if you were the day after full gear... And to think there's a paywall for shit like this. (laughs) But if you, you know, the day after full gear, if you know that Hamwork, and I'm pretty sure he did, loved King and Punk getting him to write a review for that for you. I just, I don't know. And I'm only naming Hamlet as an example. There's a lot of guys that could do this. It amazes me you don't see more of it. Obviously, Dave doesn't need it on the Observer because he does his... I mean, he's... Well, God bless Dave, but I mean, the guy just, you know... 
well, you know, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Matt, you know, when these, uh, you know, super kicks and, uh, you know, um, so five stars. Uh, have five, you ever been a subscriber? Have you ever been a subscriber to the Observer? No. No, me either. I didn't realize until recently that his star ratings are just like, he just does play by play and then just writes the stars. I assume there would be more like. Yeah, it's no, he's just play by play of a bunch of run on sentences. <laughs> it does. The play by play thing pops me so much. Like I would love statistics on who reads play by play. Dave's an excellent historian, but there are he's... things about his style that perturb yeah. me. Yeah, I I respect Dave, but it's times I roll my eyes that he's uh his shit happens. But I um when I was I used to do raw coverage for Fightful, and like you have to like you know, and then Asuka hits a head kick, and it's like you're writing anything like who the fuck is reading this? Don't they just scrolls the result? I'll tell you something right now. Whenever I see that shit, I say nope. I say I'm gonna look down the last couple sentences, right? Because I ain't reading this fucking shit. Why does anyone write it? <laughs> <laughs> I've done it before with match reviews. Uh, yeah, it's because it's hard. Match reviews are hard. Mm-hmm. They're hard to do because you know you either get stuck doing that, or you try too hard to be funny or creative or interesting. Right. Um, they're not an easy. It's not an easy art form. You know. No, there's a balance. Definitely, there's the balance between kind of. Being insightful, but not making it kind of seem like an adventure just for your own, your own grin. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's also, yeah. This I have to say, and I'm not listen. Bless, bless all involved. There was one recently where what was the the um, try to think here. What was the big match on AEW TV two weeks ago? Chat, help me on this. There was a match Dave give four and a quarter to on AEW TV. Oh shit! What was it? It was like, Chad, if you remember, this is two weeks ago. AWTV four and a quarter stars from Dave Meltzer, and it's a good match. I'm not dunking on it, but it just popped me. Hmm. Oh. I'm trying to think. Yeah, so is the chat apparently. I might have just made this up. That'd be less than ideal. Uh, let me find. Let me try and figure that this out. It was Tony a match. Andrade. Yes. Right. Now look. Now look. Okay. Fire match. I thought this was a lot of fun. When I, I saw Dave. During it. I fell asleep during it. And then like I woke up and like Brandy Rhodes is in the ring. And she was lighting a table on fire. Tremendous. Uh. Now, again, I thought everyone knows I like that match. I'm not dunking on it. When it got a quarter star more than Daniel Garcia versus Eddie Kingston. I, I was a little bit mad. I nearly tweeted. Um. I get it. There was fire and it was fun, but like, I'm sorry, man. I ain't. <laughs> I can't. I can't be having that match rate higher than King and Garcia, who had this like so many ideas and there was such great content and the execution, the selling. I just, I don't know. That obviously, this is another great example. I thought I actually, and I'm sure you wasn't a big fan of it. And I get it. I had no problem with the Bucks six fan of pay view, but that got like four and three quarters, and I was like. Oh, I don't know, man. I... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. I didn't love that one. It was long. I get it. It was long. Um, 
Uh, I should do a live stream of me watching a fucking AEW pay-per-view and how bored I get. Just getting bored, yeah. I love AEW. Obviously. <gasps> he got but... five. That match got five. That match got five stars. What did the six man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking rules. <laughs> It's frustrating. Insane, we've talked about this before. I think <laughs> we need to start having a thing of pushback to where people need to tell. People have tried it, but it's like we need to be like, listen, Dave's a great historian. You should read his obituaries and his history wrestling, but we need to stop putting up his star ratings as anything worthwhile because this dude's throwing them out like. Yeah. Like it's just not – there's no value to him anymore. And look, listen, listen. If he wants to throw this stuff, that's fine. He can he can like yeah. however – that's fine. But what I don't want is, is he still has that influence. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm being a little bit – I think it's a that, case but... of – and this is actually – I mean this as a compliment. I think – he doesn't take himself as seriously as some of us do, and he's just he's just like I thought it was five stars. And he right. doesn't realize that, like, for a lot of us, he was like the guide to great wrestling. And right, I, well, I, I he is, he's probably he does come off as somebody who might be a little oblivious, um, a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit, yeah, <laughs> maybe a slight bit, yeah, maybe a little bit. Could you imagine? <laughs> He's married, right, with the kids? I think so, yeah. Could you imagine his wife? Dave, you need to clean up this goddamn office. I'll never forget. This is the last thing, okay? Because this, this is tremendous. I'll never forget Brian Alvarez throwing it to him to review Triple H versus Dean Ambrose from Roadblock 2016. And him just being like, so I picked up my son from school and he was with his friend who likes wrestling. And, you know, I asked him, did you watch the Dean Ambrose Triple H match? And he said, no, I knew Dean wasn't going to win. And I'm listening to this like, he goes, you know, and I thought about it and realized that's everything wrong with WWE's babyface wrestling, you know, booking. Even this little kid knows Dean Ambrose isn't going to win. And I was like, I don't know. If, I don't know if you need to really conclude that much from this one interaction you had, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this one kid not thinking Dean's going to win is really all you need. <laughs> he said it was such. It's like that great quote where he got where he talks about when he was at a party and people were talking about New Japan. <laughs> you remember that? First of all, where the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck is he hanging out with to be? It's Dave Meltzer. <laughs> of course, you're going to be talking to people at a party. And they're going to talk about New Japan. It's you. <laughs> it's the idea of him walking around talking about fucking evil and bushy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that water cooler talk at work, man. Somebody was all mad about Naito not winning the big one. Oh, God. It's just. And the thing is, I want to be clear. Like, I actually, again, I have no, I have no hate for Dave. He actually seems like a nice guy. I just, 
stuff like that just pops me. See, he's one of those dudes that's reached that status for me where he I don't even think of him as a real person. Do you know what I mean? Like he I just pop at some of his stories and stuff, but the visual of him walking around a party with like a glass of wine, a glass of wine in his hand, like you know, talking about Rapongi Vice and <laughs> Like it's way funnier when you like know Dave and like yeah. know how like shredded he is and like ripped and shit. So, like, he's, like, this... he's, he's one. Fuck! Did you see this article? So Renee Young does a podcast with Misha Tate, and she's trying to get her into professional wrestling. So Renee gives her Andre versus Hogan, which I ain't, I don't think is a good pick, but I get it. Right, it's a spectacle, right? Mm. And like Mox explains to me, she's like, like, think of it as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, no one thinks it's real, but they're into the characters and, and all this stuff. And so Renee tweets or Misha's whatever tweets, like, what match you should watch? And Dave says, Okada Omega, the match that went 70 minutes. <laughs> could you <laughs> could you imagine? Poor, poor shoot fighter sitting there watching a 70 minute match without any context or understanding of what's going on. Just because Dave gave it the full seven or whatever he did. Just oh my incredible. god, Dave. Imagine. Get a clue, buddy. Just inc- it's just Dave, so here's the thing. We all are. In defense of Dave, we all are, but boy, is he stuck in his own bubble sometimes. I know, it's incredible. And it's you're right, we all are. It's important to say that. But that was one example where it was just like, Jesus, man, a 70 minute wrestling match that doesn't like wrestling. Good lord. <laughs> They're immediately gonna go, I'm not watching that. <laughs> It's sitting, sitting there in dead silence well, while they just the best part would be Dave would be like, well, well, you know, he'd probably be like, well, you can't tell him it's 70 minutes. <laughs> that would go much better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this last 10 minutes of this show is us just popping at Dave. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I saw Dave from about 50 yards away at, at WrestleMania 33 weekend? He did not. Was he looking jacked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was up there, hiding up there in some crow's nest over there in the damn whatever hotel it was for pancakes and pile drivers or whatever the hell show it was we were at. No, maybe it was WrestleCon. I can't remember. It was a, the, the Both those shows were at the same hotel. So, Bless that man. He loves professional wrestling, right? Yes. A lot of people in wrestling media that are just... Lazy bootlickers. I don't even like wrestling. Dave Meltzer fucking loves pro wrestling, but I, I'll always have time for him. He, you know, he built the he built a platform for a lot of us. So I got love for him. But God bless, he is funny at times. <laughs> Dion wants us to go till nine. Okay, look, guys, I'm happy to stay here. Oracle, you good to stay here for a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we, we can do nine. I'm 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 be ready to cut out nine. But uh... okay, let's just do that. So this is actually a good topic. The what match would you show? What match? Now, look, I'll be honest, you guys. I think this is a bad idea to begin with. I think your best. It's so hard, guys. If you it's just so want hard. your friend, if you just want something to get into wrestling, I think you just have to try and convince them to watch the product for a little bit and see if they like it. Single mm-hmm. matches, I don't think it works. But this is interesting. The promo match from Kingston and Punk. That's the thing that's good about it is too, it's short. You know, mm-hmm. promo and match combined is like twenty minutes. Right. God bless. <laughs> That's all you need, brother. Right. <laughs> this one is really interesting from a spectacle point of view because that really is great fear, Funk and Onita, but 
I don't I don't think it's quite I don't know. I'm not sure it quite works. Some people could be like mortified by like the Yeah. I mean most normal people if we're being honest. Yeah, 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 let's let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Why are um, they blowing each other up? <laughs> I'd use Rock versus Austin at Mania seventeen. What do you think about that one? Rock and Austin. It's interesting. It's weird, you know, with Rock and Cena as their big Hollywood stars, and everybody knows who they are now. Everybody knows who they are now. Everybody knows who the Rock yeah. is. Everybody knows who John Cena is. Um, Does that help or hurt? <laughs> well, what's weird is that, like, them being Hollywood stars, it's like people know who they are, but it's weird as a wrestling fan. It feels like they're, I don't know, it's just one of those weird wrestling fan things. And I, I think you'll get what I'm saying, where it feels like they're like our guys. Yeah. And so it's weird because I remember when they were wrestlers. So it's like but they only know them as these Hollywood actors and like these mm-hmm. blockbuster films. And they know them as shitty actors in blockbuster films. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, I just know them as like two all-time great wrestlers. So it's weird for me. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but sometimes it's kind of. I get weird. you. Um, I think a good spot first is a good call, JJ. I think anything with all action is probably a nice choice. Suzuki and Danielson. I, I Suzuki's a little bit. I think you need a little bit of a wrestling experience, a little bit of an acquired taste. I think. Um, King and JD Drake's a nice sprint. I actually, James. I honestly think Funk and Anita is not even a bad suggestion because I. I actually think as an idea that encapsulates wrestling better than most matches do. Because it's it's basically... That match, while it is violent, is basically using the idea of what could be to create anticipation and anxiety while not actually doing anything. The amount Terry Funk gets out of those bumps is something to see, folks. Yes. I mean, he stumbles and he's edging here. He's, you know... It's like the guy walking in the wire. I'm, I'm trying to think of stuff that like would be bad choices, just to pop myself. That like, um, like I'm thinking like, let's see, a uh, a uh, Volcan or Kiyoshi Tamura match from from Rings would would be hilarious my, to like show somebody who's a wrestling fan because they'll they'll be like, is this real? Just tell them it's a shoot, yeah. <laughs> shoot. This one's good. The draw will probably hurt a little bit. The finish for a, someone that's never watched wrestling, a draw is probably not the most exciting finish. Mox versus Suzuki is fun. The New Japan match is very fun. Any of the TL, any of the early TLC matches aren't bad options. Yeah, Foley triple pull from the Rumble. First out of time match I ever saw, and I was obsessed ever since. That rules. Um, you know the TLC matches. I think that they are a great example of like. I have a similar story as, as that as that. Uh, as this sort one? of the I'm on the same wavelength there as that. Uh, of the the Triple H McFoley one. Yes, because well, remember a Rumble Rumble 2000 is my first pay per view that I ever saw. There you go. So that was you know. Um, TLC is definitely to me, and I, I they're great, but they definitely suffer from the amount that's the amount of guys that have tried to like top them since you know. Because like now, unfortunately, the stuff that was fucking insane that they did is now just like normal. 
which is I don't know. Some of the different. stuff they did is fucking nuts. Some of if it. You go back like, and watch that stuff. Like they did it better than a lot of. Oh, they did it better because, frankly, it was an original and it wasn't you know derivative from. What I mean is like, right. so there's some spots like the the spear will live forever, right? From yeah. seventeen. Well, like what I mean is seeing guys bump through ladders. He's like far too commonplace now, you know. <laughs> like, dudes do that. When shit they first and... did that at WrestleMania 23, that was insane, though. Right. It's just you know, it's just it's as time goes on. We, I mean, like, I ring up on his pay on Saturday. This is a perfect example. Kenny King wrestled Shane Taylor in a big blow for their big blood feud, right? And it's a fight without honor, and they had ladders out there. They went through like three ladders in this like brawl. It's just like that's where we're at now. And by the way, I'm that's not a knock on the match. I like the match, but it's just. It's just wow. a different time, and everything's been seen so much that it, it makes the t- you have to kind of cleanse your palate before you watch a TLC because you have to remember what it was like twenty years ago. You know, I wish like weird stuff would happen in wrestling, like not to like the degree <laughs> of uh, Gabe Sapolsky's level when the ring broke, but like when Portland. Uh, that's that's. That's my that's my setup for this as 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 Pete Costa's career ended that 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 that, uh, that day. Who, who, who I wonder whatever happened to Pete Costa. I'm sorry, but as soon as you brought up Gabe Sapolsky after saying about weird shit, my mind immediately went to that angrily shot. Remember the thing he did when it was like the anniversary of 9/11. And he sent out like them dudes with fire extinguishers and fucking praise out whoever was the announcer was like a tribute to the first responders of 9 11. It's like, what the fuck is Gabe doing? Dude, it's bonkers. It's like 2003, whenever Foley was there, honestly, someone find he's insane. Gabe's nuts, man. But I was thinking of Portland. Have you ever watched any Portland 80s wrestling? I've not, no. See, Buddy Rose is one of the all-time great wrestlers ever. Hmm. He's must-see. Um, I had a number two in my greatest wrestler ever. My God. Um, I probably wouldn't have him this high you know, next time, but he'll, he'll, he might be my top ten still. I mean, he's just an all-time great. Um, but the ring break, the ring ropes would break all the time. And they, and they, and see, it was two or three falls in Portland. So they would just like wrestle like matches without a fucking ring rope and shit. <laughs> so it ended up looking like fucking Thatcher and Drew Gulak from Evolve and shit. <laughs> like, and this is like grainy 1981 Portland television. It fucking ruled, dude. Like, I need to see that stuff. Yeah, it, that stuff's great. Like, Did early Kurt Hennig, early Rick Martel, early Piper. Um, yeah, I need to see more of all good. of Roddy when he was younger. You know, I need to see yeah. more of that stuff because most yeah. of the stuff I've seen is WWF on on, and I like. Obviously, I've seen the dog collar match, but everyone's seen that. I mean, like just more right. generally stuff. I need to see more of it. Um, you brought it up. You remember when like Gabe just lost his mind about Timothy Thatcher, and he just he was champ for like twenty five years and evolve. <laughs> Like, look, we both liked him if you him, but Gabe lost his mind with that shit, man. Do you remember? He would just every he. It was a very polarizing reign. I'll put it that way. Very polarizing. Did you watch a lot of that stuff? Oh, I watched a ton of that, dude. I was at a, I was at a bunch of those shows live. 
Okay, so what side of the fence were you on? Because there was a very loud contingent. Oh, I love Tim f- Thatcher. Okay, good. Because there was there were people that fucking hated I know. Tim Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, and then they were all excited when Will 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 you know you know Billy Ostrich would show up. Yeah. What a weird promotion Evolve was. Well, it was the hottest ticket in town for a while there, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like. It was like the inverse of Ring of Honor, where it kind of it got <laughs> off to like a really weird start, and it kind of it found its way after like five, six years. To me, anyway, that's why. Like to me, the early days are really strange. I'm sure Dragon about the yawn, but that's <clears throat> fun. Um, oh yeah, it was. It's a weird promotion, man. Like fifteen to seventeen. Yeah. When it was like at its peak, had <laughs> that weird Johnny Gargano EC3 feud. And they were yeah, in uh, they the Evil City shoot. and they were brawling on the carriage. <laughs> they did that like work shoot stuff. Remember they did the angle where like TNA guys came over and it was like... Really... Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Like, do you remember the first angle where it was like they did it like it was a shoot? Yeah. No one really cared because TNA was on Destination America and who could possibly give a fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was like the start of Johnny being like the really... But the, the rest of the, everyone was unsure whether they liked him or not. <laughs> <laughs> certain friend of ours got pretty deep on that whole thing um yeah evolve gabe's gonna be back in the game soon brother you know that right it's coming um, god 20- is that a shoot it's a lock for 2022 that gabe has a territory back up you just know he- there's no way gabe still could be two what the hell is he doing on xt 2.0 what do you think he's writing on that show oh god <sighs> yeah It'll I don't know fun. if I like it like that or not. We're gonna watch it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that was fun about Evolve too was it was when Gabe was really online, so he would like tweet and <laughs> oh fuck, they did the flow slam thing and Joey Styles got booked and Gabe Sapolsky told him please don't say anything political and he immediately made a Trump joke. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that's right, because he made the he made the grab a woman joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like, look, Fles Gabe, he's a very flawed idiot. man, but he literally said to him, "Don't make any jokes." What a fucking idiot! And like, in the middle of his first show on Flow Slam, I think Gabe was tweeting like, "We we have this we have distanced ourselves from Joey Styles. You'll never see him again." <laughs> he fascinates. I'm gonna me, have like, to. Well, we'll leave that for another time. Okay. I have a funny, I have a funny addendum to that story. Um, oh my! That's not that's not, it's not terrible, but I'm I'm still gonna leave it for 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 later. Okay. Um, I, I I promise it's not terrible, but it is it is very funny. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> I tweet. Did you see the thing I tweeted the other day of uh, of where that the DVD he did with Kayfabe commentaries where he he did the Book of Secrets. Did you ever see that? So he got let go from Ring of Honor, right? And I guess he just needed some money. I don't fucking know. Who, Joe Styles or no Gabe? Gabe. Gabe. Oh, so Gabe. he calls up Kayfabe commentaries and he's like, "Look, I've got the book that I was gonna you know do for the rest of the year. So I'm just gonna come. We're gonna do an interview where I just tell you what I would have booked for the rest of the year." Just sits there. He just sits there with his fucking book and talks about like, you know, he would have. I would have put the belt on Tyler Black, and I would have done this, and I would have done that. Like <laughs> Jimmy Power here. Uh, <laughs> as we talk about the 
Yeah, it's always very interesting when there'd be a woman out there and he was doing the Jimmy Bauer deal. <laughs> interesting. Um, I don't think this is a hot take at all. Ty basically said, I, I think Jay Styles fucking sucked, to be honest with you. But I, that whole vibe, like, I just need, I don't, I have enough experience with it. I don't know. He was okay as the ECW guy. I don't hate him as much as some do. Yeah. Um, but nah, he wasn't. He wasn't. This is this is a, a poor attempt at a dunk, Dion, because Gabe doesn't even believe in agents. They're too expensive. It's a DVD product. <laughs> See, now look, like, be fair. He was 100% right about that shit, though. Like, <laughs> it's just funny to watch that video. Like, <laughs> so I'm just popping at the fucking punk and Joe when they're talking about him throwing shit at the wall. Um, they everyone used to say you have to shorten up these shows, and he is 100% correct that when you're trying to sell DVDs, you need to give yourself as much chance as possible to have a highly rated match because the people that are buying the DVDs are fucking nerds and they want great matches. Yep, it made for long shows, but he is 100% correct about that, and it's proven such because when like. Adam Pearce and Cornette tried to book it more like a normal wrestling promotion. It was not as successful, even though right. it had in, in different times it had more opportunity to be. Um, yeah, he's I bring him up all the time as like a pop, but he legitimately interests me. Like it's just what a weird kind of piece of wrestling history Gabe Sapolsky is because he's a real part of it, right? Like he, listen, man, <clears throat> I I put well, over Ring of Honor yeah, all the time. Yeah, he's 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 what I would call uh disciple one of the disciples of Heyman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. He's, he's got in every to, which yeah. way because obviously he worked ECW and he, he was his protege. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, the only reason Ring of Honor existed was to fill the void that ECW left for RF Video. Right. So he's literally like that promotion's whole is the literal spiritual successor of, of ECW. Um, right. And no, he had some, I think he had some really great strengths as a booker. Mm-hmm. He had some of he was had some of Paul Lee's flaws in terms of the way he represents certain people. He yeah. was obviously not as good at Paul Lee as a lot of shit. Um, well, he also had the issue. I don't know. I feel like Heyman had it sometimes, but I feel like Gabe's problem is he would always just like people would lose on the way up. Yeah, that's Gabe booking at its finest. Yeah, you know it would take he would take forever to pull the trigger. Yeah, I think that's his. I think he was. He loved the thing they do in Japan with the young lions, mm-hmm. and I don't think he ever quite figured out that it's different. <laughs> um, it's also not ideal. And Dave is fair. You know, it's fair. Brown fair. He doesn't pay professional wrestlers. I mean, that's in fairness though. That's not exactly distancing him from from Heyman, is it? Really? That's uh, <laughs> you know, you get what you get. Playbook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm going to be watching it when he starts up. Evolve of honor, hey, or whatever the fuck he's gonna call it. Now I'm thinking of Heyman with the TNT pro, or, or the TNN promo. Oh. I'm shooting now. <laughs> whenever, whenever he does the shooting, well, the fucking thing and he does that. his fucking production headphones. Yeah, <laughs> he's like this <laughs> close to the camera. <laughs> when he does that shit, Heyman's like. Here's the thing about Paul Heyman. This, I, I 100% believe this, and I say someone's a fan of his. He's wrestling's greatest promo. If you watch his promo, if anyone doesn't watch professional wrestling, they will think you are fucking insane for watching it if they spend the time watching a Heyman. He is so pro wrestling, man. 
Cornette's like that too, you know. Like all of their it, mannerisms it, it, are you wrestling. Kind of see where like things come. So would you say uh, Cornette's absolutely a disciple of Memphis, right? Um, he's he's a Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Lawler disciple. Yeah. Yes, you know, I mean, essentially, I mean that's no. I, I think that's Damon is too because he started out. I mean, or was he more of a Bill Watts? Or a... no, because they all every promoter hated him. <laughs> Lawler yeah. fucking despised him. Yeah. So that's true. I don't know who he's because he obviously his whole thing was like. People forget Heyman was 19, 20 years old when he was out there. 21 years old. He was a kid. He well, was like, I think, a kid. Look, I don't know how true it is, but I do love the story of... Um, I love the story of him Carney, sneaking the in. Carney, you're looking for is Carney. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, you know, him sneaking into Dusty's booking meeting as a kid, as a photographer, is fucking incredible. Have you seen that? They talk about it on the documentary on the network. Like, he goes to Crockett TV and sneaks into the production meeting. And like Dusty has no choice but to respect the balls on the kid, and uh, I don't know what his booking influence. He was he was pretty unique as a booker, right? He would do. I don't think he had a lot of time for the playbook, so to speak. Um, I haven't watched the ECW stuff closely enough. I think Heyman's greatest strength as a booker is objectively his eye for talent was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. That's where he. If you were comparing him and Cornette. He's in a different league to Cornette in terms of talent. Oh, his like, eye for evaluation. talent. Yeah. Heyman's eye for talent is honestly, I think he has the best eye for talent maybe in the history of wrestling. Right. Whereas now, by doesn't contra- mean he doesn't mean he was going to book it perfectly. Or, like, but he sees the thing, it. Here, right? Here's the Heyman special that Gabe took from Heyman. Heyman was able to weave certain storylines and segments together. Mm-hmm. In a really sort of chaotic but fluid, fluid motion at the same time. If you've ever seen Gangsta's Paradise, right. um, you know Raven and, and Stevie Richards versus uh, the Pitbulls, mm-hmm. um, and the involvement with Bill Alfonso and Todd Gordon and all that stuff. That's that's a Heyman special. Um, I brought it up on here before. Russell Plus in '97 with Taz and Tom, or the Tommy Dreamer and Raven, and then. The post match, right? Yeah, where, where Jerry Lawler invades the ECW arena and Taz shows up and as and, and makes a save and like he was that's a Heyman, that's Heyman's mm-hmm. ability to put all these storylines together and make one magical segment. He was a master at that. Um, right. But you know. His average booking wasn't always he was good about trying to make people look good and like protecting, but like his character portrayals and yeah, uh, angles weren't always the most classy he, or uh, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, that's a good word <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah, he struggled to do from my and this a lot of this is based on the WWE stuff, so I'm not like an expert by any means, but I think that. He was good at either being like completely by the book in terms of what you just sort of making guys look good and like giving the guys that need wins wins, which mm-hmm. hilariously is something that apparently is like hard to do nowadays. Because yeah. <laughs> as soon as he left Raw, that stopped happening. Mm-hmm. But whenever he tries to veer into an angle, it's like a 50-50 whether or not that'll actually be good. You know, like mm-hmm. he can he can really lose himself when he starts popping like, himself. I mean, on for the... example, like the Liv Morgan Lana lesbian angle. That's that's Heyman playbook right like, there. It's just like, what the fuck, Paul? Just an idea that he didn't like, think for at all that he just did because right. why not? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, he's a pervert. Um, oh, the, sure. uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. Oh, when look, I, I don't know the guy, but come on. I once said on the Distraction Podcast when it was like three weeks old, I was like, he's the uh, Quentin Tarantino of professional wrestling because, you know, he's a genius, but his portrayal of women is interesting. And Jeremy Lambert goes, I don't know who that is. And I was like, well, it's the last movie reference I ever make on this program. <laughs> that's a great reference. I think that's a perfect reference. He's because, kind of weird, but he's great. Tarantino, you know? Tarantino also has uh, has been very controversial because every movie of his has the N-word in it like 1,700 yeah. times. And Heyman's totally the type of person who would have like extremely offensive content on his, you know, if he had yeah. if he had the full range. Well, the, and also, I mean, the yeah, foot like, fetish stuff, bro. That's got Paulie all over it, you know. That's got <laughs> that's got Paulie dangerously all over it. Um, his Twitter likes are interesting, not in a Sasha Banks way. Please explain before we go after. I'm intrigued what his Twitter likes are. Hope they're they're good. Um, yeah, Paulie's. See again by contrast, for a smart wrestling guy, Cornet's eye for talent is very shaky. That dude thought Matt Morgan was going to be like WrestleMania oh, top. Terrible. Top. Here's the thing: Cornet understands like Cornet understands like what Heyman kind of doesn't. Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and no, I mean Cornet has like a better understanding of the traditional classic pro wrestling than almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has zero eye for talent. I don't know if it's zero, but it, it's it's pretty low. In terms of famous bookers, I think he's got a pretty. I think he's pretty low on the. Well, I mean, like I mentioned, I, I like Mike Bennett. He's a he's a nice little mid card, and um, that sounds so disappointing. He's a nice friend, whoever. That dude saw like big money in him, and um, there was just that was never there. Listen, he saw money in Matt Morgan. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, you look so disgusted when you said that. <laughs> like, no, nah, man. Like, my God, Paulie's still uh, still rolling with the with the ladies and his Twitter likes. God bless the man. No, yeah, I, absolutely. There's other examples too, I'm sure, of guys that he thought were going to be a big deal that wasn't. And... Well, I mean, you know, it happens to everybody, but it does. His eye for talent was just in- impeccable. Trying to think of other bookers that had kind of a you had the Kevin Sullivan style of booking. His his nuance and detail was so good. I mean, it Sullivan was. really uh, no one booked nuance and detail as well as Kevin Sullivan did. Mm-hmm. Like at his height, he was so good at that stuff, man. But it's so hard, you know. I think he got wore out with that shit after a while. Oh yeah, he definitely. It's so yeah. hard to do that, you know. Yeah, because he was so intricate with his booking and stuff. And then after you know with the NWO storyline and stuff and. And uh, he just, I think, I think he just kind of got, you know, yeah. tired of it, especially with all the people that were wanting creative control and whatnot. Um, I but. think I've talked about this before, and I get why no one likes it because it was against the Dungeon of Doom, which obviously, sorry to hear that. You know, like the stuff they do where it's um, where Lex. Everyone's unsure of Lex and Sting is defending him. Mm-hmm. And you have Savage and, and Hogan and like they're all kind of in fighting as baby faces. Mm-hmm. I think that shit was so ahead of its time. Sullivan was booking that, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. That's when he started because yeah. Flair was booking for a good portion of ninety five, right? Yeah, and he was right. doing the big um the big Flair, push. Flair as a booker's not very good. Loved Alex Wright though. 
Oh loved yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Um, he fired. Um, was it Paul Roma that didn't that didn't do like the job the way he wanted him to when he put over Alex Wright and he fired him? Might have been. Yeah. <laughs> he also turned his full circle before we get out of here. I like the story of when he was booking in '89. And he sent Paulie on TV to cut a promo doing like the thing where, you know, like the manager promo where they go, no, we're, I'm trying to sign a new talent. I'm scouting the world. And Paulie just did observer references for three minutes and Ric Flair fired him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of Paulie doing that shit 30 plus years ago is incredible. Incredible. Um, That's great. Well, we always how have we ended up here? I have no idea to that. I don't know. Dutch Mantel is a great booker. Yes, yeah. Great booker yeah. in Puerto Rico, great booker in Memphis. I mean, he's a track record in Puerto Rico. It's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he mm-hmm. still continue to work, there is a different conversation, but he was a great booker. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm always intrigued by what he could have done if he actually had to book in TNA rather than having to share it with Russo. And- right. Right, Scott Demore is pretty good in TNA for that. Where he, where, where he had a lot of his yeah. hands on it, he was he was good. I'll be honest, it. man. I think I've said this before, and, and it's why, I, like, I dunk on them a lot, so it may seem insincere. I think creatively, TNA has been better than ever the last five, four. We have long they've been in charge. Callis was in charge, and he's been there. The issue is the talent roster is so much worse than it was then, mm-hmm. and they're on a worse network. I actually think creatively it's better. The reason I'm critical a lot of what they do is because I don't think they show, they don't to me show an understanding of like their, their like ability to grow if they want to or not. Right. Um, But as a product, I think creatively they're better, you know, this last four years than they were beforehand. Scott Demore's good. I agree. Um, Yeah. Traffic of others. Well, there's not enough bookers nowadays, Oracle. No one books. No. Um, I always like discussing bookers and I wish they would do more bookers because WWE just does writers and it's just, it's fucking lame. We need bookers, man. Yeah. That's what was nice when Adam Pierce got the 205 show and wrestling mm-hmm. lived for a little bit. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll catch up next week on the bookers round table here. On yeah. Night Green. <laughs> there we go. We'll be here tomorrow. We will, yeah. We'll do some. We'll do yeah. some. Maybe we'll analyze old Triple Paul as a booker, huh? Well, we do some. Oh, yeah, there we go. We did a little bit of that last week. Have some fun with that. We're okay. Very HBK. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. Um, we'll be back on this very platform in about twenty-three hours. We're gonna watch NXT Oracle and Live. We're gonna enjoy a Roddy Strong Braun Breaker match and talk for the rest of the program about paying any attention. Uh, we probably won't be synced perfectly because. But like, really, who cares, right? It's fine. Yeah, I'll be um, I'll be watching on my YouTube TV, so yeah, that's fine. I'll be yeah. doing it definitely a legal fashion over here in the United Kingdom. So that's tomorrow. A couple of hours before that on the unaffiliated Fight for Distraction channel, uh, we're going to review Final Battle. Bob has yet to watch it, as far as I know. So that should be interesting. <laughs> um, Wednesday pre Dynamite stream on that channel. Thursday the Distraction Distraction Post Show TWF. Friday. Late night grin. The last late night grin on a Friday night of the year, Oracle, right? We head to Wednesdays off this for a couple of weeks. That's correct. Uh, Monday, December 20th, week from tonight. There you go. I'll be finding a December 1995 Pro or Worldwide, one of the two, where we'll be watching Mm -hmm. uh, the Sunny Ono-led New Japan Invasion. Incredible. Uh, Let's be watching. 
Incredible. <laughs> I haven't which one yet, but we're going to be watching one of those. Celebrate the holidays. And then uh, 22nd, uh, what do we got going on the 22nd? That is when we give our all elite teams, which right. was your, your tremendous idea. And we will also, on the air, with the chat, we will decide on our categories and our nominees for the following weeks of the show. The Grinnies. The Golden Grinnies, I believe, is the official term we're going with now. So. December 29th is Golden Grinnies. Yep. And I'm hoping we're going to have some some guests to announce our winners for that. So, my God. Yeah. I mean, what that will look like. God, only knows. We'll probably just be Jeremy recording six different videos. Oh. <laughs> when everyone else refuses me because it's Christmas, and that's fine. But we shall see. Um, but we start, we start tomorrow with some NXT 2.0, which is an incredible fault. Uh, Oracle, where can the people follow you on the Twitter? Uh, King Motivator H. Um, where I will occasionally be on Twitter, liking or retweeting other people's things, <laughs> and where I don't tweet as much as I used to. Yeah, it happens, man. <laughs> happens to all of us. Um, yeah, if you want to be on our Discord. Uh, Oracle, that goes for you to tell me. I'll link you and everyone can. There's actually, we had a lot of people today on that. I'm trying to focus on the Discord gimmick, Oracle. I've never used it before. It's pretty cool. It's like a big old group chat over there. So if you want one of those, DM me on here, folks. Uh, but until next time, keep grinning. All how and um, fuck Gabe Sapolsky. I don't know. Fuck Bye. Gabe. <laughs>